What's good, people? What it do? It's your girl, Edith Yolanda, the dame herself, and you're listening to The Dame Truth. Listen, hey, I had to take a quick break from recording. It's all good. I'm back. I'm livelier than ever. Okay, so this is what really went down because I know a lot of you have been wondering where the hell is the dame? Okay, I was sick as a dog and I have been it's it was really like I thought it was taking me out at one moment I was like bitch I can't breathe so this is how it went down um I normally get sick during the seasons but since we had like a mild winter and um we really didn't have like cold weather I didn't get sick at all this winter like I didn't get sick at all. You know, I was I was so surprised with myself because normally like during Christmas going into the new year, I have like sniffles because that's when it starts to really get cold here in Atlanta, Georgia. But we had like this mild uh, Christmas and mild new year. So I was straight like I didn't get sick. And going into the spring months, my allergies were not bad. It was lovely. I was staying indoors, so I wasn't affected. Um, And then all of a sudden, I was like, I can't breathe. Now, if you know me, I am on this like... Um, get healthy type kick right now where I um, at the beginning of the year um, decided to not eat meat Um, I kind of followed that through I am eating meat now a little bit more because I eat chicken now Um, I'm eating meat I'm I'm not even gonna lie but I did go um, over 30 days I did more I did like a month and a half of just detoxing and not eating meat so I'm really proud of myself and for me, I'm not really that big of a meat eater myself. I'm more of a carb eater. So if you were to tell me, bitch, you got to give up rice and bread, I would be like, you lying. I'm not giving up no rice and bread. But I did give up meat and it was not bad. I will tell you that um, I fell in love with the um, Beyond Burger. Um, I fell in love with uh, eggplant, bacon, Um <laughs> I did a lot of fruits and vegetables and I was really proud of myself. Um, and I think that now I am going to go back into it some more. Um, it takes a little bit more meal prep time for me that I'm not used to. Like I'm used to just buying some shit and cooking it and frying it real quick or whatever. Um, and I don't really fry foods that much. I don't like cleaning up grease so I don't really fry so I let me take that back. I don't fry a lot of foods. I like to do a lot of meals in the oven but those meals usually consist of meat. So it was kind of hard for me to, you know, really adjust the meal prep time and, and prepping food and really getting my, my taste buds acclimated to just really everything vegan. Um, and I don't care what anybody says, but cheese is cheese and cheese is here to stay. I will not eat vegan cheese ever again. I just don't like the taste of it. So miss me with it. I need real cheese. So um, again, I kind of did this whole holistic thing and it worked for me because I felt like um, my immune system, immune system, excuse me, um, boosted and I was just, I had a lot of energy. Um, So I was good. And then all of a sudden, 
I couldn't breathe. And I was like, am I that fat that I can't breathe? Like, and I was like, no, bitch, you're losing weight. You fitting in pants that you never, you know, you, you the pants you couldn't wear two years ago, you're now wearing them now. So it's not that, you know, you're, you're, you're fat, you're a fat bitch. It's, it's something else. And then, um, my mother had to have, um, heart surgery. So I went into the hospital with her and, on the day that she came out of um, her surgery, she was up and at him, and I was dying. And I was like, bitch, my mother's doing good, but I'm about to die, you know? And so, um, you know me, I really don't like, if anybody knows me, I'm a pretty healthy person, and I bounce back really quick. So I don't really go to doctors that often, unless it's for an uh, annual routine checkup. Um, you know, my OBGYN visit, and I usually do those once a year. I go to the dentist once a year. I'm good. But this took me out and I had to go to urgent care. So, um, when I went to urgent care, of, of course I was coughing in my shirt and in my sleeve. And then, um, you know, this nice nasty bitch was like, um, excuse me, ma'am, you have a cough. So yeah, I'm going to need you to wear this mask. Um, so it was really, it was a nasty cough. It was like one of those dry coughs that has like that base to it. Like, you know, you can feel that shit in your chest, that boom, 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 like that type of cough. And I was like, okay, something ain't right. I sound like I smoke a pack of Newports a day. I can't breathe. And this base in my cough is beating out the base in the cars next to me. Um, So I went to urgent care and I was diagnosed with bronchitis. So. I was battling bronchitis for two weeks, didn't know it. Um, the doctor said that I had, I should have been in the uh, doctor's office a week prior. Um, but she ended up giving me $97 worth of medication. And I am here, bitches, to stay. So yes, the dame is back. Um, like I said, better than ever. And there is a lot of stuff that we need to talk about. So we're going to get into it. I know that a lot of you guys were looking for me to um, do a podcast on uh, when they see us. I actually went live and did um, a live Facebook. Um, uh, I went live on Facebook about when they see us. But again, I was sick and I wasn't really feeling my best and couldn't really, I didn't want to give you guys all of it. Um, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to dive into when they see us and we're going to talk about a few other things that are kind of, um, happier because I can honestly say that this was a really, really, really kind of sad movie. Um, not kinda, it was sad. It was dark. It was depressing. It was, um, evil. It was, to me, when they see us was, um, it was a thriller. It was, um, a horror movie. And yes, it was a real live, <laughs> uh, depiction of what happened to, um, these young boys, these five young boys. But to me, it was like a horror film. It was horrifying. It was depressing. It was dark. It was gloomy. And I was ready to fight afterwards. I was ready to fight the people who did these guys, these young boys, 
um, unjustly. So um, we're going to get back into that. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to get a little water break because I don't know, it's still a little something. You you might hear a little something still in my voice. I feel like right now I have like this grown woman voice. Since my bronchitis, it kind of dropped an octave. And so I'm feeling quite raspy. Can you hear it? No, bitch. I probably need to just take a puff of my inhaler. So we're going to do that. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about when they see us. We got some word on the street. And I got a little something, something that I need to tell you guys about that happened to me. And I want your feedback. So please make sure that you share the dang truth with your friends, your girlfriends, your homies. And let's get into it, okay? Because I, I just miss y'all. I, I miss you. It's the dame herself. All right, guys, so welcome back to the same truth. And listen, listen, Linda, listen, we got a lot to talk about because we did not talk about this um, last week or the week before. And it's about two weeks old. But there's some things that I want to point out um, about the movie When They See Us um, by Ava DuVernay. Listen, we need to go ahead and give Ava DuVernay a round of applause. Ava DuVernay is, um, to me, better than Spike Lee could ever be. Um, and I and I say that I yeah, I, I don't want to I don't want to bring up any conflict, and I know that their their style is completely different or whatever. But what Ava DuVernay has done for television for black lead actors um, that is not just typecast into just one. Um, you know, typecast role of, you know, like how Tyler Perry has done it, um, like how Spike Lee has done it. She has given us quality television, quality movies, and I'm just giving it up to her because it's the shit is good. Okay. So we're going to give it up for Ava DuVernay because, um, I just think that she's a wonderful, wonderful, um, director. And I, 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 let me tell you something. Can't nobody tell me nothing about Queen Sugar. Um, Queen Sugar is the shit. Um, it will always be my shit. It is something that is giving me real life black people. And the reason why I'm saying this is because what Ava DuVernay does with Queen Sugar, it relates to me um, on uh, me just being a Southern girl growing up in the South, um, fighting for um, family property and land, um, the white man trying to take it, um, issues with family, uh, you know, issues with real relationships. Um, This whole, let me just say, if you have not watched Queen Sugar, check out Queen Sugar. If you not have, if you have not watched 13th, watch 13th. Um, if you have not watched Selma, go watch Selma. It's just, she's just really, really a good, good director. Um, and so we're getting back to, um, 13, uh, not 13, um, excuse me, when they see us. Um, and what I've noticed is, and this is what I'm going to say, and then I'm going to be done with it when I'm dealing with my people, um, in this whole, they don't want to see it. 
And this is, and I said this and I mean what I say and I stand by what I said and I said what I said. Um, if you're the person that is saying that they have not seen the movie when they see us, if you're the person that says that you can't watch it because you don't want to get mad, if you're the person that is saying that you don't want to watch it because um, it resonates too close to home, um, I say shame on you. And the reason why I say shame on you is because this is the main reason why Black people have not overcome yet. We do not want to face reality and we would just rather sweep shit under the rug, pat it down and put a bow on top of it. And this is why there's so many injustices going on in the black community with our young black boys, with our young black girls. This is why police officers can still slam young black girls into the cement at a pool party. This is why young black boys are being shot in cold blood for doing nothing. Shame on you. Shame on you shame on you now what I'm gonna say is you need to watch it you need to watch it maybe once maybe twice you need to share it with your children and you need to get furious you need to get so infuriated that you want to get up and do something you need to get so angry that you want to go and vote you need to get so bewildered that you want to run for office you want to be so fucking done that you want to go ahead and buy some shit and rebuy a block. That's what makes me, um, that's what makes me, that's what motivates me. When I see movies like this, when I see movies like 13th, the 13th, um, documentaries and, and things like this, it gives me fuel to my fire. It, it, it possesses me to want to be something great not only for my children, but for my community so that we can just build and we can be together and so that we can stand together so that we can learn one another and learn to love one another in a deeper way than the way that the white man has brainwashed us to love one another. Um, and you'll be surprised at the, t- um, the twists and turns in this, uh, in this movie. It's so impactful. It's so, so, so stirring that you have to watch it. You have to share it. You will get upset. You will get sad. But at the end of the day, this shit is real. This is not fiction. This ain't Roots. This ain't something that we see on a Tyler Perry movie. This happened to five young black boys. Now, this is what I wanted to say to you. When young white men are convicted and have DNA and evidence on their convictions of sex crimes, even murders, they're called young boys. They're referred to as boys. These young men were um, rapists, murderers. The, 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 the young male, the young man that was, um, I forget the white boy's name, that was the swimmer that was um, found guilty of raping the young girl behind the dumpster. And uh, other boys tackled him down and um, 
turn it made him turn himself in and he only got what was it six months time served in probation um yeah he was considered a young boy but when we're talking about central the central part five they were called savages they were called um pieces of shit they were called black men okay I want you to start when you start reading and when you start watching the news, I want you to start seeing how the media depicts our young black boys versus our young white boys. I want you to see how our young black boys are hardened criminals. And I want you to see how our young white boys have the affluent disease. Okay. Um, I got to give it to this cast. I have to give it to the cast director. Asante Black. He did that. Khalil Harris, he did that. Ethan Harris, he did that. Um, what's uh, Corey Wise's character? Uh, I believe Jarrell. What's his name? Dang. His last name is coming to me. Um, yeah, they did that. All these young boys in this film did an excellent job let me say something about Niecy Nash Niecy Nash to me is a comedian I will always see Niecy Nash as Reno 911 Niecy with that big ass in that brown officer suit okay but when I tell you Niecy Nash came up in there as Dolores Wise and blew me away let me tell you why Niecy Nash um, really hit hit home. Because she gave us real raw, my son is in danger. My son is incarcerated. My son has been falsely accused. And I can't do anything about it because I don't have not a dime to my name. I'm on drugs. I'm selling drugs. I'm in the projects. And I am hopeless. Niecy Nash did that. Let me tell you why Niecy Nash hits home for me so well. I don't know if many of you know this, but I have a brother that is incarcerated right now. The last time I saw my brother free in the real world was when I was in middle school. Um, he came from New York. Um, he spent some time with us. And when he went back to New York... That was the last time I saw him. He was convicted of murder. And he has been in prison um, ever since then. My mother was Dolores Wise. Not in the sense of selling drugs, being on drugs, being in the projects. But my mother did not have the resources to go back and forth from South Carolina to New York she did not have the resources to move to New York with a child that was in middle school going into high school. Um, she did not have the resources to get my brother the finest attorneys. She didn't have the resources to um, take off from work and to stand trial with him throughout his whole entire trial because she would have lost her job. So for me, when I saw Dolores Wise being played by Niecy Nash, um, there was one part 
of the movie when she goes to visit Corey. Um, and Corey was like, I'm going to try to get closer to you because she was literally where he is in prison is literally 300 um, miles away from the Bronx. Um, and so it was so heartbreaking because he's a young boy. He's 16 years old and he wants his mommy and she can't get to him. She can't, she can barely get to him. She can barely afford to get to him. She can, she can barely afford to put um, money on his books for food and the money that he's getting and he's getting from her and from whomever he's getting money from, he's giving it away to the guards so that, so that he can be protected from the predators that are in the fucking prison. Let me, let me just say this to you guys. And this is why I have issues. I have a lot of issues with the prison system, but I have a lot of issues with these COs because they treat people who are in prison like trash. Many of them do. And then many of them treat their family like trash. Um, I worked in the prison system I worked um, in the mental health ward with mental health inmates. And the one thing I knew that was my job was to make sure that they carried out their sentence. It wasn't that I disrespect them. It wasn't that I gave them a hard way to go. Every inmate that was in there, I had tons of inmates on each side of me. I, to this day, couldn't tell you what one of them did. Because I did not want to know what they did. I treated each inmate the same way. I gave each inmate the respect the same way. I didn't have my pet inmate. I didn't have my my inmate that I couldn't stand because he was a rapist or he was a child molester. If you were an inmate and you had a number, you were treated like every inmate. Period. Um, And I respected them. Because at the end of the day, I wanted them to respect me. This movie showed how COs in the prison systems do and how they have done. Because right now, inmates have rights. So they can't do what they used to do back in the day in the 70s and the 60s and the 80s. They can't do that. They can't even keep an inmate on lockdown that long anymore because it is... um, it has been ruled to be inhumane. So it's only a certain amount of time that an inmate can stay on lockdown and then they have to be released back into general population, GP. But the way that the black officer treated Corey Wise, this baby that was 16 years old, getting beaten and raped by grown-ass men predators in prison was despicable, disgraceful, horrible, and evil. And I'm going to tell you this. We're watching a movie and we don't know who you are, but you know who you are. You know what you did and you know what you didn't do. And I ask that you be held accountable for what you did. You're going to pay for what you did in one way or another. You know what you did and you know what you didn't do and it's going to come back to you. Um, I want to give it up for Yusef. 
um, young Yusuf Salam or Salim, I believe. He was the only one that did not say that he committed the crime. He was the only one that said, I didn't do it. And he stuck to his guns. My people, this is where it comes in as a cautionary tale. This is this is why the children, your teenagers, need to watch this movie. Corey Wise wasn't even supposed to be at the, the uh, police department. He was loyal to his friend, okay? Yusef, his friend was Yusef. Yusef was the only one who stated that he did not commit a rape. Yusuf's mother, oh, what's her name in real life? Um, I think it's Sharon Salam. Salam. She was the only mother that knew her rights as a mother. She was the only mother that stormed in that motherfucking room and said, not my child, not today. She's the only, and I'm going to tell you why. Let me tell you about these Nation of Islam brothers and sisters. Let me tell you about these Muslim brothers and sisters that read their books. Let me tell you about these mothers, these uh, Muslim brothers and sisters that ain't taking no bullshit. Let me tell you about these Muslim brothers and sisters that are ready to go to war at any moment. Yeah, she did that. When everybody else was saying, oh, we didn't know the justice system. We didn't know this. We didn't know that. That is why I say, if you have not watched this movie, shame on you. Because after you watch this movie, you should put pick up a book. You should go t- turn off Facebook. Turn off Instagram. Turn off Tumblr. Turn off Tinder for a minute. And learn your rights as a United States citizen. Know your rights as a black man and a black woman. Know your rights. So when a police officer comes and knocks on your door or taps on your window, you know your rights. You know who to ask for. You know not to say anything. See, Yusef's mom came came in that bitch and was like, shame on you. Shame on you to have these young, innocent boys in here for hours with no food. Not nowhere to sleep, not giving them bathroom breaks, not asking for their parents or the right to an attorney. Shame on you. Yeah, that's why I like these Muslim brothers and sisters that take the time to educate theirs and to read a book. Okay, we need to get into it, my people. Now, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, you need to turn and, you know, become a, a Muslim. But what I'm saying is, is that we have no excuses to be ignorant today. We have no excuses to be ignorant today. And so um, this is a, 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 a teachable moment to teach your children. When I looked at Corey Wise, who got the brunt of it all, who got the worst treatment because he was 16. The other young boys were like just turning 14, 13 years old. Babies. Okay, they they sent Corey Wise to a maximum facility with grown ass men. 
But when I was looking at Corey Wise, not only was he a victim of his circumstances, it looked like Corey Wise, if you look at the actual videotapes, the video um, confessions, the, the, the real video confessions, Corey Wise looks like he might have um, some mental delays. He looks like he might have some mental delays. And the police officers took advantage of a young boy. Not man, a young boy. This is what they did to Emmett Till. This is what they did to the Genesis 6 boys. This is what they did to that young boy that was on Oprah Winfrey, who was a football player and almost got his life taken away because the white girl said that he, she, she was raped by him, but come to find out she confessed to lying and said that she was sorry and regretful. Why wasn't she incarcerated? Why wasn't she thrown into jail? Why is it that the women that lied on Emmett Till weren't thrown in jail, but yet you had five babies in jail for up to 13 years y'all come on now come on now y'all come on this isn't fair this isn't fair um you know i there's so much more that we can talk about um the one the one last thing that i would like to talk about is when our brothers and sisters come home from prison it's an adjustment, y'all. And so, um, when you see these brothers that have transitioned and come home and now they're young men, they've gone from young boys to young men, um, and there's no jobs out here for them. There's nowhere for them to lay their head. Family don't want to be around them because they're calling them criminals and rapists. They have to relearn the whole outside life again. When you have been sitting down, let me tell you something. Let me give you a brief description of prison. So just so you'll know how it is in a prison system, in an actual prison. When you walk in a prison and you hit those gates, as an officer, you walk freely As an inmate, you have to stand and walk within a yellow line, single file line, everywhere you go. When they call you for child, you have to stand in a single file line. When you go to the yard, to get to the yard, you have to walk in a single file line. They are, their mind is institutionalized. They have conformed to an inmate's personality. So when your brothers and your sisters are coming out of prison, you need to welcome them with open arms. But when they are in a mode to themselves, there's one time there, there, there was this one time my brother was in and out of prison and he came home and my mom prepared this beautiful meal for him. She had steak, she had seafood, she had rice, vegetables, like everything. Sweet tea, Kool-Aid, cornbread, pound cake, sweet potato pie, everything that you could imagine she made and prepared for my brother because she was just happy that he was home, okay? 
My brother sat at the table and did not mumble a word. And so my mother said, um, what, why aren't you talking to me? Like, I, you know, why aren't you talking to me? And he said, mom, I just got out of prison. We don't talk when we eat. I don't talk to nobody when I'm eating in prison. You guys, there has to be something that is set up for us, for our brothers, for our sisters, for our daughters, for our sons. When they are released and they come out into the real world, they have a job, they have a check, they have clothing, they have shelter, they they can get their license back. There has to be something set up because many of our black young men were falsely accused or falsely put in prison and, and, and they know this and they're angry and they're depressed and they are having PTSD and they're having, we have to have something in place. And then we have to have something in place where we keep our children from out of, you know, harm's way dangerous way I don't feel that um, a 13 year old a 14 year old a 15 year old need to be walking or uh, carousing playing around in Central Park at a late time at night when them lights are on you're either in an after school program you're at somebody's home or you're at home but I know where you are Your father knows where you are. Your guardian knows where you are because this world is unjust. This world is dangerous. This world is evil. And so we have to start watching our children. Just because your child has a cell phone means nothing. Just because your child has a cell phone means nothing. Okay. We need to surround our children with love and with light. We need to protect our children because they are our children. As much as they think their ass is grown, they ain't grown. You, you, you grown when you get out my house, but you still ain't grown if you calling me asking me for money. Your ass is grown when you 19 and you go to college. But when you come back home in the summer to visit, bitch, my, my rules remain the same. There's a such thing as hoe hours and drug dealer hours. And but you're not coming in my house four o'clock in the morning. Now you 19 and you think that you 19 and you're grown and you've been in college or whatever. Blah, say, blah, say, blah. Bitch, get your own place where you can go and turn the key at three o'clock in the morning and walk in, in and out that bitch freely. But until then, when you come home to visit Auntie, Mommy, Yogi during the summer, uh, 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 uh. During the Christmas holidays, you're not coming up in my house three, four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock. The sun is coming up. And yes, we go to church on Sunday. So if you partying all in your college dorm and everywhere you go on the college dorm, good for you. But when you come back home, you back in my house and my house has rules. See, when you start establishing that, that's when they want to go ahead and get out. You feel me? They want to become their own. They want to be an adult. And that leads to them being an adult. Okay? But 
I feel that those children did not need to be out in the streets wilding out or being with people who are around them wilding out and witnessing all of that, that violence, that, that, that rah-rah. No, your ass need to be in the house doing some homework. That's where you need to be. That's so we we again, guys. I do this 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 for the culture. I do this so that we can rebuild the village. I do this so that my people can be stronger. I want you to go to Netflix and watch when they see us. This needs to be shared. This needs to be shared. This needs to be shared, and something needs to be done. All right. I'm off on my tangent. When we come back from this quick break, what do you do, guys, when you've had a relationship with somebody on Facebook for years and you meet them and it is horrible? I told you we got to lighten up the mood and that's what I'm going to do. What do you do when you had a Facebook relationship with somebody for years and when you meet them, it's just a disaster? It's your girl, Edith Yolanda, The Dame Truth. Make sure you watch When They See Us. And Queen Sugar has a new season coming up June 12th. Make sure that you watch it on OWN, Queen Sugar by Ava DuVernay. Uh, Yeah, and we'll be right back. All right, guys, so welcome back to The Dame Truth. And listen, I just got word and it has been confirmed that we're going to have a special guest next week. I'm so excited. Um, Renette Arnold is going to be our featured guest next week, who is a licensed clinical social worker. And we're going to go in depth about some mental health things. Um, And the reason why I reached out to her was because as I was doing my research and, you know, reading comments about the movie, um, when they see us, I saw that she did a blog speaking on the PTSD that blacks have, um, when it comes down to, uh, generational, um, occurrences, things that have happened generationally, um, and why it's so hard for us to actually, um, watch when they see us and, be able to stomach it all so I can't wait um Mike is going to be here next week and he and Renette actually know each other because they're in the same line of work so I'm truly excited about this um this interview that we're going to do next week we're going to get in depth with that and some other things um when it comes down to um mental health wellness so I'm just really excited like I said and um I want you guys to Definitely, definitely, definitely tune into that show because some of us need a little help and it's okay because I feel like all of us need help. I think at at, at one point in my life, I was like, bitch, you're going through some things and you need to talk to somebody. And so I'm so glad that, you know, I, I went and got therapy and got help with whatever issues I was having at the time. And I feel that everybody goes through life. For everybody who goes through life, they should have therapy. I don't care if you feel like you're on top of the world and you have it all. You still need to talk to somebody. It's therapeutic for you. 
Um, so anyway, next week is going to be the bomb. So make sure you tune into the Dame Truth. Now, on a lighter note, I said that I was going to come with a lighter note and this is the lighter note. And I hope you kind of kiki at me because I am definitely kikiing at myself. So right now, um, I'm kind of like trying to figure out how to date. Okay, because a lot of times I feel that dating is just it's it's hard out here in these streets and I don't know how to go about it. I don't know if I should swipe right or swipe left. I don't know if I should go to church and meet a deacon. I don't know if I should get in, you know, contact with somebody's uncle and try to make something work. I'm just trying to figure out how to date because right now I don't feel like dating. I feel like getting money. And I know that this is what I'm doing in order to kind of like, you know, get my mind off of certain things. I am surrounding myself with work. I'm surrounding myself with, you know, the podcast and, you know, doing two and three jobs um, outside of my regular job. So I have been really just surrounding myself and diving into work because I really don't want to, you know, it's crazy, but. I'm, I'm having a hard time finding quality people to share my time with. And so with that being said, I'm just kind of like, you know, taking everything in and just really trying to evaluate who I am and trying to live my best life and make me happy. So dating is kind of on the far end of the spectrum for me. I'm not really that interested in dating. So when I do go out on a date, when I do make the time, it needs to be a quality date right? So I don't know if I'm the only one who does this, but I meet a lot of people on social media. Um, a lot of people I've met maybe once or twice, you know, in person and we became Facebook friends and we clicked easily on Facebook and now we're really close friends. And I'm going to say that, um, this is a prime example I keep telling everybody that Remy is my best friend and Remy is one of my best male friends. He is the only man that I know that I can call mm, right now um, at like 12, one o'clock in the morning and say, I need your help. And he would be like, where are you? You know what I'm saying? Like he is definitely my brother from another mother and we have never met. We've never met. Um, It's weird because we grew up in the same town. We went to the same high school. We know the same people, but we have never met. And if we did meet, it was, it was in passing and we didn't know who each other, we didn't know each other. Um, His brother, I believe, um, was a year behind me in high school and his sister was probably maybe three years behind me in high school. So I know of his brother, don't really know him that well. Um, It's just really strange how we know everybody, but, and we're friends with like a hundred some about mutual friends, but we have never met. And so, um, you know, I talk to him on a regular basis. We communicate, um, just about if if I don't talk to Remy in like two weeks I'm kind of like hey bro what's up you good I was thinking about you okay like the other night I hadn't talked to him in about two or three weeks and he made me cry 
not in a bad way, but she made me cry nonetheless, because that's just how deep our conversations are. And we've never met, but we have met on on social media and we've known each other now for about seven or eight years. And so it's just crazy. He, he, my mom loves him. Um, you know, it's just a weird relationship that we have, but our friendship is so strong and our bond is so strong. Like nobody could talk bad about him and nobody could talk bad about me to him. And it's just what it is. So I met this guy on social media recently, not, not recently, but we've been Facebook friends for about a year and Recently, he decided to just slide on into my DMs and shoot a shot, which was kind of strange because I wouldn't say strange. It was just weird because I never got that vibe from him that he was kind of looking at me in that way. So I was kind of like, oh, okay. So he asked me out. And like I said, I had been, you know, deep, deep down into work. And I was like, all right, maybe I should go out. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe, maybe I should, you know, just go out and just kick it. Why not? Give yourself a break. And so we, I decided to do like a little meet and greet at a bookstore that um, I really like. And they have great espresso. So I was like, okay, meet me at this bookstore and, and we'll you know, see how it goes from there. All right. Wonderful. So if you know me and those of you who don't know me, I am not a person that really is just looking at a person's physical appearance as my, you know, whether or not we're going to kick it or we're going to make it because I'm just at this point in my life where I'm almost damn near 40. I'm not a perfect being. I know my partner's not going to be a perfect being and hopefully we can compliment each other and make each other better. So for me, I'm not that type of person that is like, oh no, he's short. We can't be together. Oh no, he's chubby. We can't do this. Oh no, um, he's got a limp. I don't want nobody with a limp. Like, I'm just not going to be that fickle. And I've never been. Like, I I am the type of girl that feels that if a man treats me right, respects me, loves me, takes care of me, and loves my mama, we're good. Right? That's what I want in a relationship. So I'm not a fickle-minded person. I'm not a person that is just really materialistic. Oh, he's not wearing, you know, this, that, and the other. He don't have no Gucci belts. I'm not that girl. You know what I'm saying? I would rather have a nerd than a drug dealer. You know what I'm saying? I would rather have a man that burns incense than a man who burns gas in a BMW. You know, I'm just that type of girl. So to make this long story short, <laughs> I was in the car. I got there a little bit early because um, I'm a punctual being. And so I decided to send out two emails because I had um, an interview coming up. So I decided to send out this thank you email um, to a couple of people who made it happen. So I got there a little bit early, pulled up parts, doing the emails, and I get a little tap, tap, rap, tap, tap on my window. So it was him. So, you know, it's hot. I decided to roll down my window, kept the air going, rolled down my window, and he goes, hey, hey, Edith. 
And when he did that, his breath from the outside came into my car on the inside. And baby girl, baby boy, it was not pleasant. It's hot and humid outside. I don't need the inside of your mouth to be hot and humid, my brother. It was so bad. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. On social media, you cannot tell if a person's breath is bad. It was bad. It was so bad. And I said, you know what? I'm in the middle of sending out an email. I know I'm a little early and you are too. So go inside, find us a nice little table and I'll be right in. Give me like three minutes and I'll be right there. When I rolled up my window, I had to contemplate whether I, whether or not I was going to drive this smooth the fuck off and block him from all my social media so he could not find me. Or if I was going to go inside and endure this hot breath. But as I was rolling up the windows and mumbling under my breath, like, oh, dear God, what did I get myself into? As he's walking away, I knew he wasn't that tall because I could tell like in other pictures on social media, him standing by women and stuff like that. Like I knew he was probably at five, eight, five, nine, maybe five, ten. But I didn't realize that he was going to be hippie. So not only, not only, <laughs> not only is your breath bad, but bitch, you got hips. You got legit childbirth and hips. And if he really knew how to dress himself correctly, like you wouldn't be able to really tell that. But bitch, no, I cannot. I cannot. I can't. I can't do a man that is short with childbearing hips. Bitch, we're going to look like a lesbian couple and you're going to be curvier than me. Because your butt is wider than mine. Uh, so now I'm, 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 I'm looking at a man that has bad breath. He's curvaceous. And you don't know how to really dress for your shape, bro. So nonetheless, I, l- listen, I didn't, I didn't run away. I, I, I faced my fears. We went in. I had my latte. He had a drink. It kind of quieted down his breath because I wasn't really directly in his face and it was an open, you know, open space. But it was like the smell lingered in my membranes and I remembered how his breath smelled from the car. So now I'm kind of like over the whole date. Like, I'm over it. I don't really want to be on this date too much longer. It was nice meeting you. Um, And then he was kind of corny. Like, I don't know if it was because he was nervous to be around me for the first time. I don't know if, you know, he has been, you know, kind of like, has been digging me for some time. But his conversation was just corny and it was off. And and I was like, aha, 
yeah, yeah. So, um, I gotta go. And I just don't ever want to experience that ever again. So what I think I'm going to do is I think I'm going to lay low for a little bit. I think what I'm going to do is just meet people in person. I don't think I want to meet people on social media. I don't think I want to meet people off of Tinder. I don't think I want to do blind dates. I think that I want to just lay low for a minute. Like I said, work on me. Figure who I figure out who I am. Figure out what God wants for me. God does not want this for me. Like, I don't think God wants bad breath, birth, and hips type of brother for me. I think God wants good brother, nice waves, good height, svelte shape, good job, benefits. I feel that God wants that for me. I don't think that he wants someone that has a dental hygiene problem that is coming from the gut out to his mouth because that can't be what I smell cannot be just an oral problem I think it has something to do with his intestines because that shit was horrible and I don't understand how you can have friends that don't tell you hey bruh hey sis your breath stinks. Like, I need you to hit up a mint because there's no way that I can have my homegirl in the car with me and we're talking and her breath stinks and I don't say nothing to her. It's wrong. That's not your friend. If you can't tell him that their breath stinks, and I know he has friends, I see him on social media. I wonder if men have girdles. Bitch, you need a girdle. Why are your hips all wide and outside? Like, you should not have hips. And what I mean, it's okay for a man to have a butt. Like, I know some men who have nice, perky, nice, juicy booties. But, bitch, you got hips? Come on, bruh. Anyway. <laughs> all right, guys. That's it for the dang truth. Make sure you tune in next week. Make sure, like I said, that you support Ava DuVernay in When They See Us. It's a, an amazing movie. Make sure to check out Queen Sugar. It airs this month on the 12th on the OWN Network, June 12th on the OWN Network. Make sure you check them out. And I hope that you follow me on Spotify. I hope that you follow me on Instagram at Hermosa Cosmetics. And I hope that you friend me on Facebook at Edith Parrish or Edith Yolanda on Facebook. All right, guys, it's been lovely. Tune in next week to The Dame Truth. It's been good.